Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for the Remaking Industry Podcast. Today, we are joined by Ann Vondrak, Senior Director of Partner Ecosystem Programs with Belden. Ann, hello. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Um, today we're talking about the value of ecosystems in the industrial space. There's a million um, moving parts with that. It's a very um, kind of multifaceted concept. So I'm eager to, to dive into it and pick your brain about it a little bit. First off, um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do with Belden. Sure. Um, I'm Ann Von Drack and I've been with Belden for uh, the past year, focused on our ecosystem programs. And prior to that, I had been with Belden uh, and worked on their global account program. And the majority of my career prior to that has been with um, an industrial automation um, with numerous roles and responsibilities at Rockville Automation. Okay. Um, talk to me. Let's kind of frame the discussion here. What are we talking about when we're talking about ecosystems in the industrial space, maybe in the manufacturing space? And then how are ecosystems changing in this era of digitalization? What is that doing to the whole notion of ecosystems? Sure. As, as I see the, the ecosystem programs and the digitalization time period, it's, it's really an evolution of technology partners. So about 10 years ago, there was a big push to have technology partners teamed up with some of the larger automation manufacturers to fill in those niche hardware areas. So um, the, the niche players could bring things to market much more quickly than the large players could, and they could fill those gaps that the customers were, were requiring in order to fulfill their automation needs. And as I see this evolution occurring and the new term ecosystem, it's really playing into that transition from being predominantly hardware companies that we're teamed up with to being software, primarily software-centric organizations of, mm -hmm. of different size and scale. Okay. And does that entail kind of, you know, as a service uh, delivery of some of these solutions and things like that, as opposed to the, the OT or the hardware um, traditional approach? Right. That That is a, a big piece of this as um, companies are evolving the the software as a service is becoming something that that traditional hardware companies are definitely trying to play in and make sure that they're getting that annual recurring revenue um, as a part of of their financial operate outlook. Yeah, it's really kind of shifting the whole the business, the business strategies and the, and the kind of a the grand scheme. It's very interesting to see all this play out. Um, so talk to me, a, a, kind of a dumb question, but I'll, I'll phrase it very simply. You know, the, the value of partners in the industrial ecosystem, um, you know, is it, are, are, are smart partnerships increasingly um, important, in, increasingly complex, uh, critical in the modern smart era of, of industry? And, and how are partnerships changing in, in the kind of the modern uh, manufacturing world? Well, as I, as I look at um, the ecosystem partners, a big piece of this is looking at the partnerships and how it can be bi-directional. And, and that bi-directional relationship is key to the success of the relationship so that, so that there's a benefit for each of the organizations in teaming up together. 
And define for me, what do you mean by a bi-directional relationship there? Um, bi-directional meaning that um, there's, say that your company is teaming with a very large organization, um, then if I'm a smaller organization, then I'm going to benefit from the, the uh, coverage and global capabilities that a larger organization has. Um, sure. If I am the large organization, then I may benefit from the, the technology and the nimbleness of the smaller company. So that symbiotic relationship is really key for developing the, a, a tighter um, working relationship between the organizations. Okay, makes sense. Um, and, and how is that, uh, is that increasing the value for both sides of that bi-directional relationship? And, and how is that? Um, absolutely. What, what I see it is both companies definitely want to inc increase their revenue. That, that's what it all gets down to is being able to grow um, from a revenue standpoint and being able to cover more of their customers' needs by expanding their technology capabilities. Okay. Um, you know, I assume um, these partnerships in this respect, um, talk to me about how digitalization plays into that. I assume it, you know, there, there are great benefits, obviously, obviously the benefits outweigh the, the challenges in terms of ease of communication and greater transparency and, uh, you know, using data from each partner to optimize processes and things like that. But does complexity creep into that? And, and what are there ways to mitigate the complexity that are kind of, that's inherent to kind of, uh, you know, deeper levels of, of partnership in these ecosystems? Well, I think that's where you have to try to make the complexity transparent to the end customer. And, okay. and the more you can do that by how you set up your partnership, uh, the better off it is for both the customer and for the, the partners that are involved. So part of that is really vetting out that go-to-market strategy that you have between the two companies. Ultimately, you'd like it to come across to the end customer as, as streamlined as possible. Perhaps you join your support organization so that they see one front end. Um, it can be as simple as, as one phone number to call, but it can transition to a different company who's actually on the other end of the phone to support them. Um, okay. It can be um, also minimizing their transactions as well so okay. that they have perhaps one cut one PO to one organization, and then we handle it all behind the scenes between our companies. Okay. And I think you just kind of touched on that right there, but my next question for you is what makes a good partner in, in, in the industrial ecosystem here? Um, you know, you just mentioned kind of transparency, ease of communication, um, but maybe some, maybe how, how good partnership is changing um, in the modern manufacturing area or what makes, what makes a good um, ecosystem partner? Well, a good ecosystem partner, it, it, it depends on the needs of your organization. Uh, when I, I look at uh, companies transitioning into new market spaces, it's great to have a partnership with a company that's very well known and respected in that space. So um, Belden, for instance, has um, been recognized as a wire and cable company. And how do we get people to understand that we are a solution-centric company with um, data integrity at the core? So, so being able to team up with companies such as hyperscalers, uh, cloud-based organizations um, can really benefit a company such as Belden. 
uh, so that they're perceived differently and, and in their new role versus in the one that they originated in. Okay, so those, those reputations benefit both, both parties there. Right. Um, and that can also work for the hyperscalers that they aren't known to be in the OT space. So they need those key relationships in the OT space to, to lend themselves credibility. Okay, makes sense. Um, a, a term that you use um, is the, um, the origin of data on the wire. Can you explain what you mean by that and why that's important um, you know, within sure. these ecosystems here? Yeah, I think it's really key to understand that if if you don't have good information at at the start, if you don't have good data at the start of um, of those input devices, so from the base level of your plant, then then you're not going to be able to to gather good sound information to make critical business decisions with. At the same time, if those if that's not a secure infrastructure in place, then you're also going to have breaches and, and questionable um, security within the, the structure of your data. So so ultimately you want to have really good data at the at the inception where it begins from the the beginning of the the line, say it's from your sensor information, as that feeds up through the structure, it's going to become valuable information that you can then turn into the ability to visualize it, analyze it, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud, to be able mm -hmm. to make better business decisions faster. What do you mean by good data? What is good data coming off sensors there at the machine level? It's it's contextualized, it's, it's real-time, it's you know, uncorrupted, and it's complete because we have a lot of, um, say, if you look at life sciences in particular with air-gapped equipment, if you don't have visibility to the to the data that's coming from that equipment because it is air-gapped, then you're not going to be able to to utilize it as a full scope of what your operation has going on. So okay. being able to access air-gap solutions, being able to improve the infrastructure to the point, bring it up to current standards with segmentation and with switches and gateways so that you can process different communication protocols and bring it all into one space, such as an edge device, so that you mm -hmm. can utilize that information higher in your architecture. Okay. And in a, in a complete knowledge of the origin of that data, it ultimately just makes the data better, makes insights gleaned from that data easier to develop and more accurate and more usable, I assume? Right. If you're trying to say, for instance, you're trying to include increase your operational efficiency of your operation, you'll need to have a comprehensive look at what's going on on the plant floor so that you can target which areas of your operation need the most improvement. So you can focus in on that and make those improvements to Im improve your, um, your bottom line. Okay. Makes sense. Talk to me about the um, the ecosystem program that uh, that you work with at Belden here. What do you mean by the ecosystem program? What does it entail? Who does it involve? What are the what are the goals? Sure. Um, the ecosystem program at Belden is predominantly focused on uh, the visualization and analyzing of the information. So once it goes through um, the whole hierarchy of the levels zero to three, and you're looking at 
being able to operationalize that data, take the orchestrate the data. That's mm -hmm. where we're looking to team up with companies that have that software capability to to analyze and visualize the information that you've just collected from that plant floor so that you can make dis decisions with it, whether it's for one plant or it's a combination of many facilities teamed up together. Um, so we're looking to, to some of the key organizations out there that have a great reputation in this space, whether they could be a niche in a particular region, they can focus on a particular industry, and um, as well as be a global organization. Okay. It really seems like you're fully embracing the digital uh, transformation, digitalization approach um, with these partnerships here. Um, what's unique about the, the, your approach to developing an ecosystem in this manner? What, um, you know, to some degree, every industrial enterprise operates within an ecosystem, but what about, you know, your approach here is really kind of embracing some of these smart new, new strategies. Yeah, and I'd say that the uniqueness for us comes into being agnostic. The fact that Belden does not have a, a controller um, is is something that could have been used as to hold us back before. But the fact that now we have so many organizations that come to us and embrace us because they know that we can work with any of the large automation manufacturers. We have the ability through um, a couple of our acquisitions, such as ProSoft Technologies, um, our Hirschman switches. We can take in data and information from many different sources and, and convert those protocols into something that we can understand. And then we can utilize that data um, into uh, as a feed into one of our ecosystem partners so that we can provide our customers with that comprehensive uh, suite. Okay. In that vein, who who are ideal partners for the ecosystem program here? Who, who are we looking at? Um, well, we, we have uh, companies such as some of the hyperscalers. Obviously, when it comes to bring, taking information into the cloud, we're looking at all the major cloud manufacturers. Um, so AWS, Microsoft, Google um, as, as leaders in that space. Um, also teaming up with uh, some of the smaller organizations that provide those niches for us. Um, mm -hmm. It could be people that provide... Um, very good data from from waste scales. It can be people that provide um, uh, vibration and condition monitoring for to do predictive maintenance. So that there's a, a wide variety of different organizations that we're tapping into from both a size and a purpose. Okay, um, you just touched on the cloud computing components of all this. Um, that edge to cloud approach that is gaining popularity what emerging uh elements of that um that strategy excite you what what are the uh, emerging benefits in that in that space that uh you think are are um particularly engaging you know i i'm excited because i've spent a lot of the last year working with uh belden's innovation team on on their edge offering and mm -hmm. what I see that's really enticing about the, the edge offering to the OT users is that it's 
the OT space typically does not like to make changes. And the idea of introducing and, and losing control of their information to the cloud is, is somewhat offsetting. So when you bring in the edge device, that, that ability there keeps some of the control and decision-making in the OT space where they want it. So um, based on who, um, who the, the OT customer teams up with as their edge supplier, they can have that flexibility on how they build their data stack and, and, and put it together in a way that they can keep, uh, I don't want to say control, but they can have the autonomy where, where appropriate on their data. Sure. And then they can take other information that would be more useful in other places in their facility and feed it up to the appropriate consumers. Okay. And that level of control will prompt greater adoption and greater enthusiasm and acceptance of these approaches, obviously, and what you need, because if the people who are supposed to be doing it don't want to do it, it's not going to work. Right, right. And, you know, things that I've, I've looked into, it seems that the OT space is going to adopt some of the IT practices, but the IT is not necessarily going to take OT into their space. So I think we're just seeing a big evolution in the OT space and the realm of, of management that they have. Yeah, well, it, it's it's necessary, right? Um, let's look uh, at the future a little bit. Let's look 10 years down the road and uh, industrial ecosystems of 2032 or 2033 as we near the end of this year here. What does that look like? What um, What is the industrial ecosystem of 2032? look like you know i it's 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 such a an exciting time right now as you look at the it ot convergence so when i when i see this 2035 that's quite a ways out but it looking at it from where i sit today um there's such a convergence going on not only with typical it ot companies but also the introduction of cloud organizations, as well as the telecoms. Everybody's looking at how they can grow and expand into areas that they weren't present in before. Mm -hmm. So I think that that cross um, uh, industry convergence will continue, but I also think there'll be some uh, horizontal combinations that go on where OT suppliers are gonna team up with other OT suppliers that broadens their scope and scale. Now, taking that to a more micro level, I think one of the things that's going to be really key, as we've seen this evolution from ecosystem partners being hardware-based to being software-based, I think that third step that we're going to see happen is as we've evolved into having more and more of these software-based solutions, we're going to look at how do we manage all of those software solutions that are in place since most of them are subscription based and we're all attracted to as you mentioned earlier the software as a service now we have to manage that we have to make sure we're getting all of those subscriptions renewed we have to make sure we're providing good service to those end customers to make sure that we're continuing to differentiate ourselves so i believe it's going to be those service centric companies that can help um reduce the the overhead of managing those SaaS, whether it's SaaS or XASS, there's going to be many different variations of it as we look forward. So we uh, need to team up with the right companies that simplify that that for us. Excellent. Yeah, boy, it's it, it, that's a thread that runs through every conversation we have about every element of all this grander world of digital transformation is 
is you know simplifying the processes like that's what everybody is looking for is a way to to make this these these approaches simple and make them work um, to enable us to not be concerned about the the approach to how we're doing it but the end results of, of the benefits that can be gleaned from these things right you know um and Vondrick with Belden, thank you for joining us here today on the Remaking Industry Podcast. We're thrilled to have you join us. It's, it's fascinating to talk about ecosystems, one of the things that are that is changing um, as rapidly as anything else in the space. So thanks for sharing your insights here today. Thank you, Chris. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, wonderful. And and uh, as for our listeners, as always, we thank you for joining us. Um, again, as always, we, re we remind you to go out and make it a smart day.